Welcome to the Let Christy Take It podcast. Let Christy Take It would like to thank our sponsors, Irish Woodcraft. Check them out on Instagram and irishwoodcraft.ie for all your guaranteed Irish bespoke furniture needs. Fresh from our interview with Amanda Wiss, Kieran and Derek discussed the 1984 cult movie classic A Nightmare on Elm Street. Teenager Nancy Thompson must uncover the dark troop concealed by her parents after she and her friends become targets of a spirit of a serial killer with a bladed glove in their dreams, in which, if they die, it kills them in real life. Let Christy Take It are proud to bring you Wes Craven's A Nightmare on Elm Street. The kids of Elm Street don't know it yet, but something is coming to get them. There's something out there, isn't there? We just see cuts happen. What did that lieutenant? I don't know. There's a coroner got to say. In the John puking since he saw it. You're gonna kill me for sure. Did you do it? There was somebody else there. He was locked in a room with a girl who went in alive and came out in a rubber bag. No one knows where it came from or who it will visit next. Nancy? There's something wrong with you. You're imagining things. Nightmare on Elm Street. Ah! Do you believe in the boogeyman? No. Whatever you do, don't. She's the only one who can stop it if she fails. I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. No one will survive. Director of The Hills Have Eyes and Last House on the Left. A new masterpiece in fantasy terror. Nightmare on Elm Street. So welcome back to the Christy Take It podcast. And Derek, this week we're going to look at the movie A Nightmare on Elm Street. Not the 2010 bastardization, but the original no, and the best. No, 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 no. Although he's a good actor, your man, Jackie Earl Haley. But uh, no, the film is atrocious. No, this week here on... We are going to have a chat and dissect and talk about the original Nightmare on Elm Street, 1984. So, Derek, where did you see Nightmare on Elm Street? I, I, do, I don't think I saw it in the cinema. Yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't have either. No, I, I no. think I remember seeing V for so Robert England was in V. He played uh, Willie. Yeah. And I remember seeing V. and rem- But then he got the role as Freddy Krueger. So, and I was thinking, like, how could this guy be a, a monster? Because he was a really lovable kind of alien in the V series. Yeah, so let, let's give a bit of background to the movie first. Um, so the film, uh, written and directed by Wes Craven. Wes Craven is known for his horror genres, are very, very violent films. Um, and he had a, he read some story, didn't he, that there was, a, kids were dying in their sleep. Yeah, there was this, um, well, Wes Craven came from a very religious family really raised and to look at him anybody who would have seen his kind of early work before he went on to Nightmare on Elm Street a glass house on the left yeah. would have been expecting a really dark imposing uh, Abe Snake that was his other name he had for the he directed one of his first films and but he was far from it he was a real clean cut very religious background kind of wanted to rebel from that so uh, that's how we got into horror to get away from it yeah, he I believe there was um 
it was in the 80s, the early 80s, there was a lot of kids dying in their sleep. Not just kids, but people dying in their sleep during nightmares. But they were mostly immigrants from Cambodia. Yeah. And it became known as Asian Death Syndrome. And it's actually in the in the in one of the newspapers, if you see it online, they, they do speak about that. This And there was one young guy, and Wes Craven speaks about this, who said that he refused to go to sleep because he said he was going to die. And his mother and father were terrified of giving him sleeping tablets and saying, look, come on, he wouldn't sleep. I don't think he slept for three days. Eventually, he fell asleep. He put him to bed and he woke up and he was screaming. No, he didn't wake up. He was screaming and trashing in his sleep and he died. And he found all the sleeping tablets underneath his pillow where he'd hidden them. He didn't want to go to sleep. That is mad. I, I read about that years afterwards, that it was not based on a true story, but ba- the premise was based on a true story. It was a, a myth story. around it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But this kind of, this, this, uh, these people who moved to America, they're kind of tribal thing, what they would do for bad dreams. The minute they would wake up, they would paint it or draw it or sing a song about it. And that way they kind of expelled that demon. So they had this whole thing about the myth of sleep and nightmares as well. Wow. So that he got the idea anyway for um, some guy stalking people and killing them in their sleep and that's he wrote the story and he got the film made so the film was only made for less than less than two million less than oh, one and a half one point two million yeah and as well um new line cinema back to it had been torn away a lot but this was the the birth of new line cinema because they had done nothing uh, bob yeah. jay was the, the guy who was backing it and new line and they obviously have become a big player made some massive films but he put everything into this and and they backed him like and he hadn't a penny when our dollars they'd say when they decided to make it and he went around getting loans and doing all sorts of stuff he used to go to colleges showing kinds of you know b movies and kind of you know films for students and his, charging uh, them in. his sister's in the film bob jay's sister is she Lynn Shay, famous act, very famous actress. You know her. She was in um something about Mary and you know, the one with all the the, the tan. Oh, yes, I yeah. didn't know She's that. the teacher when uh, Nancy falls asleep. Yeah, Lynn Shay. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> Please, God. This is God. So let's talk a little bit about the cast. So the main heroine in the movie, Heather Langenkamp, Langenkamp uh, plays Nancy Thompson. Amanda Weiss, friend of the Let Christie Take It podcast, plays Tina, Tina Gray. Uh, Jesu Garcia, I'm saying his name, I hope I'm saying his name wrong. Jew, Jesu Garcia. Played Rod, who was uh, Tina's boyfriend. And he wanted him to be like an Italian. And he even changed his name on the credits, like sound Italian. And everything that he did was kind of an Italian tug. So, uh, yeah, he speaks that. So he was that guy, uh, Jesu, Jesu, uh, was in a really bad way making this film. At the time, he was homeless. He was strung out on heroin. And even in the scene where he meets his demise in, in, in the jail cell, he was completely high as a guy. Yeah, he's, he's he got himself, you know, sorted out, but he was he was in a really, really bad way. And the actor who played Nancy boyfriend went on to be one of the biggest actors on the planet. Johnny Depp. So Johnny Depp's first ever role was in A Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, and he was a singer. You know, he wasn't an actor. He had no acting no. skills. No, but Amanda told us this and you hear it in the interview next week. Amanda told us that uh, it was uh, Wes Craven's daughter who seen him and said, you're hurting him. And yeah. Wes Craven was kind of like, no, I don't, no, no, look at him, you're hurting him. Yeah. And she also said that for all of the 
you know, the attack that, that Johnny gets about wearing all of the kind of rock and roll garb that when he came into the set that day, that's what he was wearing beads and chains and, you know, exactly what he was wearing now. So the film starts with the opening credits. We see the glove, Freddie's glove being made. And we see Amanda Weiss, Tina running, running away from this fictional character. Um, a nightmare. She wakes up really quickly. She grabs her crucifix. The next day we see it's, it's now become the really famous song. And that's where we see the, you know, the car, we see um, Johnny Depp, we see, we meet um, Nancy Thomas for the first time. They, is it, is that the point where they start talking about, she, Tina says she has a dream and then they also, what were you dreaming about? I was having a dream. And then the, the boyfriends are saying, well, I had a dream as well, but they're kind of palming it off. You know what I mean? They all look a bit shady, but obviously they never say it, but they all are having the same dream. They're all having these shared dreams and they're all dreaming about this guy in a red and green stripy top with a fedora and a glove with knives. They're not very practical like a fedora. If you, go, if you think about a serial killer, like this, think, I think the slashers that we had yeah. before this, we had uh, Mike Myers, the, uh, we had... Jason. Jason, so you know, but they, they didn't open their mouths. They, they, they just, you know, they were soiling killers. This Freddie was the first guy who, you know, he had a bit of banter with them, and it was that wit that got. Uh, well, the wit and the banter all. really came in on part two. Yeah, for this it was all real gravelly and uh, coming for you all this kind of, you know. Yeah, but they had to cut back a lot on the stuff as well because there was. Uh, there had been a whole whole, uh, whole host of sexual allegations against uh, people and it was more sexual in its tone and they, they eased up on that, you know, because he was a paedophile. He had abused these children, molested these children. Yeah, murdered he, these children, yeah. 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 And uh, let, let's talk a little bit about Robert England, who yeah. plays now iconic Fred Krueger, Freddy Krueger. One, two, Freddy's coming for you. Uh, uh, a respected Shakespearean trained actor who we at the time would have known as you mentioned earlier on, from the TV show V. Willie. W- played Willie. And I remember at the time thinking, I couldn't quantify this, that the guy playing Willie in V was Freddy Krueger. Yeah, couldn't get me head same. No, same. no, could not get me head around. It. Such a nice, or at least came across as such a placid. And yeah, well, it was incomprehensible to me at the time. You know, I was an 11 or 12 year old. So you know how he got the job, Derek, as Freddy? He got some cigarette ash, darkened up his eyes, put it into his hair, gelled it right back. And he says himself, he has a strange looking rubbery face. So he went in smiling as well, this part of makeup. And obviously they seen something in him. Do you know who was the first choice for Freddy Krueger? I, I can't remember his name. The guy out of the home, the English actor. Uh, yeah, spot on. David Warner. Yeah, David Warner. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant actor. But I, I, he must be in his 80s now. But I remember there was a time in the 80s and 90s where he turned up in everything. Yeah. He was in a Star Trek movie. He, oh, he was everywhere. And you can see this actually online. You can see the the, the the prosthetics that he made for Warner. And it looks more like an older man than a born man. So I think they were going along the lines of that. Like he was an old man, you know, coming back to chase these kids. Um, 
so the, the, the kids decide that they're going to have a, uh, it's not saying a sleepover, but, you know, they're going to fucking have a, a, a night away. And from, from, the, from doing the research, there's a scene in it where Nancy and Glenn and Rod and Tina are all in the house. And Tina and Rod go upstairs for a bit of how's your father. And Johnny Depp is sitting there, Bob pissed off, because all he can hear is the riding going on next door. Where for whatever reason, they fall asleep and Tina is killed by Freddy Krueger. Rod wakes up. Uh, Amanda Weiss is up in the air, getting sprung around the room, slashed to bits, uh, and she's dead. She said, Amanda Weiss said, not in the interview now, but I read somewhere that she said her, the fear on her face, her terror of dying in that scene was 75% true because they had her up and they were spinning her around. She had vertigo. She was puking everywhere. Yeah. And, uh, but the next day when obviously the police and the, they're all called and. But she, that she said, everything was, was kind of nailed down in the room because they'd be rotating and spinning. She was the only thing that wasn't. Yeah. So she was getting thrown around. Like, so she, she stood up and she, she actually had to be lifted off set because she couldn't, uh, she couldn't take it. Vertigo, she say. The next but, day after a best friend getting killed, what's what, what would be the first thing you do if your best friend got killed? Maybe you'd probably be sitting at home and or oh, no, 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 no. She gets up and goes to school. <laughs> well, that's that's of course. Anyway, we should mention that the the the, the boyfriend Rod he escapes. Um, I'm suspect number one. But the look of Freddie, uh, Derek, Wes Craven had this nightmare—not a nightmare, but a real nightmare experience when he was a kid. And he heard something outside his bedroom window and he looked down into the street and there was a guy in a fedora. Yeah. Walking staring up, up at star- him. And staring up at the, the bedroom and he jumped back down and sat down for a while. And when he stood back up, he looked out and the guy was still staring up at the room. And he said, that scarred him. And also the name, Freddy Krueger, he, he was bullied in school by a guy. And this guy's name was Freddy. And he also used the name Freddy Krueger as one of the, for one of the gang members in the last house on the left. So it's a name that he'd been using about. Poor old Freddie must have given an awful time. Yeah, I was just going to say he must have been really pissed off with this <laughs> fucking Freddy Krueger guy. When Tina's getting killed, that's the first time we see Freddie. We see little snippets of it, of him. So the first time that we actually see it, like, um, I think it was something like three and a half to four hours to get him into the makeup. Yeah. And at the time, it was like really state of the art. And they modeled it, they, they tried a few things and the, the guy who created all the makeup went for a pizza and he seen a pepperoni pizza and he thought, hey, with that, that's what Freddie's face is going to look like. That, and that was a, the joke, wasn't it? That it did actually look like the, the burnt cheese on a pizza. Nancy goes to school, she's in school, and they're all talking. You know, people are, nobody's mentioning the fact that her best friend just got murdered. Right? They're just in school, like nothing has happened. Of course, she, you know, why, why would they? And she she dozes off. And when she wakes up, she sees uh Tina in a body bag outside the school uh school uh, door, the classroom door. 
You're saying when she wakes up, was she when she wakes up in her dream? Well, yeah, well, yeah, of course yeah. you don't know. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And that's where that's where it's great because it kind of bends the lines between reality and you know fantasy. You don't know what's real and what's not. Yeah, I mean, and she 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 sees blood scraping the ground. She runs around, and a girl, one of these hall monitors, they don't have them in Ireland anyway. But in American schools, they have these hall monitors. You need a hall pass when yeah. I go to Jack's. Um, but the hall monitor is wearing a green and red striped top, so you know you get the there's there's little there's little hints, um, in, you know in the what you call it in the nuances basically. That's quite a famous scene of the body bag being dragged along. No, it is. It's yeah. like for for such a cheap movie, he used every trick in the book to scare you. Yeah. For like, you know, lying in your bed at night. I mean, as kids, every child is afraid of the boogeyman. You know, there's something under my bed. This was just playing into the primal fear of every child, every every adult, every man, woman, and child. Yeah. I and mean, he done it like to perfection with artistry. You know, and even the color of the sweater, like originally it was supposed to be red and yellow, but he realized that the, the green as a more red and green put together on the eye, it draws the eye more. You know, it's, all these things are just not they're not down to just chance. It, yeah, yeah. It, is is it not something like um, uh, the, it's to do with your irises or something like that? Something with the eye, with the, the colors together. They so they they're so contracting. Yeah, yeah. So the the actors, Amanda Weiss, she she mentioned that she had done a few things, and that she was advised by her agents not to do a Nightmare on Elm Street, not to go down the road of the slasher, Johnny Depp. We mentioned Johnny Depp, his first ever role. He came in with a friend of his. His friend was playing a coroner in the movie and suggested, Johnny, you know, Johnny's there, yeah, yeah. And as you mentioned, Wes Craven's daughter said, no, 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 you're going to hire him. But who did they want instead of Johnny Depp? Well, there was a few. I don't know, Charlie Sheen had heavy demands. Charlie uh, Sheen was... John Cusack as well. John Cusack. Charlie Sheen almost had it. And they, they couldn't get Charlie Sheen because they couldn't afford to give him three grand a week. Yeah. Isn't that just, you think about it, uh, shocking. But uh, when Nancy goes, she's following Tina's body, she goes down into the it's a, like, the school boiler room. Yeah. Um, and he's, we're going to kill you. Well, you know, he's, he, you see Freddie, it's, 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 um, he's coming for her. She's cornered and she puts her arm on like a, She's got like a steam pipe, like a pipe, a hot pipe, like a hot water pipe. Yeah, wake herself. And she wakes up, wakes up in the school. As she's leaving the school, she's after being dreaming. And as she leaves the school, she realizes she's got a burn on her arm. Yeah. The boiler house was actually filmed in a prison. It was a prison boiler house. And the roof was full of asbestos. They found it much later. So uh, they got out of dodge there. They dodged the bullet. Really? Yeah. yeah. And it's that point she goes to the prison or to the jail to visit Rod and to ask him, like, what, what the hell is going on? You know what I mean? Rod tells Nancy about the, the fact that he's having nightmares. There was somebody else in that room. Like, uh, you know, it wasn't just him. Well, there always had to be a patsy in the movie. Like, you couldn't just have the everybody focus on Freddy. So it was going to be the boyfriend. He was prime suspect number one. And he goes on the run, run. And the police can't find him. But Nancy can find him handy enough to have a chat with him about it. One, two, three, he's coming for you. Three, four, then up your door. Five, six, grab a 
talked about a little bit we have to really talk about the glove yeah because i think i had a toy version of that glove you think looking back kids with toy versions of the very pretty glove but anyway there you go so there's a couple of different versions of the glove and um, one was made of of wood one was made of rubber and one was made of real knives that was known as the hero glove and the fact is if you made a fist like if you tried to strike someone the knives were so long and sharp on this particular, on, on the Hero Glove version that they used in the movie. It would actually cut your forearm. It was so heavy that if you ever look at Robert Englund when he's walking in the movie, he has a sloped, he has a sloped kind of sauntering look. That's because he was hang, holding his arm down because the glove weighed so much. And it adds to the character. Adds and, to and, and, he, and he used that throughout the, 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 the remaining um, the remaining movies. Yeah, you think of... You think of- Think of Frankenstein's walk. You think of the mummy, the zombie. They all have these kind of where they're chasing you. So he has that kind of limping. Yeah, I never realized that till I researched that was the weight of the glove. Yeah. But also, like initially, they wanted it to be a sickle. So that was it was going to be like a sickle that he held in his hand, you know, like a sickle. And they were running after it, and they kind of changed it around the country of a glove based on a cat's paw. You know, the cat's nails can come out. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And that's another difference. You can, in, in your slashers, they all use knives, and this was a weapon. But he's, Robert Dungan said himself, he'd, he'd nick, nick himself, he'd go to fix the fedora and he'd clip his forehead, and they're really sharp. Another great scene in the movie is where after she's finished with Rod, she goes home and she's having a bath. A, a brilliant scene where she falls asleep and a gloved hand comes up out of the water. Yeah. 
you know, and drags her down into the water, you know. And that's the guy who actually created the glove, Jim Doyle. He got into the bath. It was like a bottomless bath and had the scuba gear on it and he was sitting in the bath. And t- you can see on YouTube behind the scenes, he's coming up to get air. He's going back down and he has the glove. So anyway, her boyfriend knocks after he climbs in through the window. She tells uh, Glenn or Johnny Depp that, you know, of the dreams. He tells about the dreams. Um, she says she's going to try and go asleep, but she wants... Johnny Depp to watch her, her boyfriend Glenn to watch her and maybe to wake her up. Because uh, he does off, if far I can remember. He kind of dozes off, doesn't he? he? He does doze off. And in again, it's always very weird watching it because you don't know when they're dreaming. You don't know when they're real. Like, when she's in this situation, she goes to the to the jail. Um, she sees Freddie in the jail cell with Rod. She, you know, in this situation, you don't know whether they're awake. You don't know whether they're asleep. Uh, Nancy's walking to the jail. She, you know, she goes from her house automatically to the jail within seconds. She sees Rod lying on the bed. Freddie's in the cell for whatever reason that she turns around. No, get away. She turns around. She sees Tina still in the body bag, but with bugs coming out of her mouth, all slime on her feet. Freddie chases Nancy. This is it. They're going to have the fight. Um, they're fighting in the bedroom. She wakes up, realizes Johnny Depp's been asleep. Calls him, you're an asshole. Why you wouldn't let me sleep? He's there. Oh, fuck, you know, what the hell? But the two of them go to the jail cell and they they want to see Rod. They want to know what's going on with him. And of course, they just think they're um, overactive uh, teenagers. But they go in and the guy is, he's dead, basically, you know. Um, real, real basic, um you can see the wear where they drag it around the, the sheet going around his throat. And, you know, the, some of the special effects are a bit hammy. And we get to the special effects at oh, the, the end. Yeah, the, this, but you're, you're right. You're right. They, they were hammy, right? But, it, again, used to great effect. I mean, you know, whoever, the ideas that they had. You think but, they're, they were playing with a really budget. And they actually asked the crew, could he not take pay for two weeks just to, just to get stuff they needed to get done? And they all agreed to do it. Because basically lots of them hadn't got jobs. So they took a kind of a pause on their wages. And um, some of the producers actually stumped about their own pocket to pay the crew and the special effects. But uh, yeah, it was really one on a shoestring. And uh, Amanda uh, Weiss said that um, the, the body bag that she was in was a real body bag from a morgue. Like they went to a, a morgue and got it. Like, you know, she said it was just literally, um, it was terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. But uh, uh, as we say, you know, looking at today's TV, it has influenced so much. And I'm kind of getting a, a, getting ahead of it. We're going to finish the movie in a second. But I don't know if you're watching Stranger Things there. I mean, the, the stink of Nightmare on the Street all over the new season of Stranger Things. And fast forward this if you haven't watched it. But I mean, it, it, in the reality, is it a dream? Is it not a dream? And even Mr. Ungland himself makes an appearance in, yeah. in the it's season. England. England, I keep saying England, but to keep, you know, so it's, 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 I think like strange things this episode, I know it's influenced greatly by Aiden's Harry because he posted the Evil Dead and things like that, but uh, definitely Nightmare Landry has played but a big part. The, 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 actually, you know, we mentioned that, but the film that she's watching in the movie to try and stay awake was The Evil Dead. Yeah. And, and that's because Sam Raimi had a poster in his basement in the house in the Evil Dead. He had a poster. Of, was it Last House on the Left? Last House on the Left. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So this so, mutual respect going back and forward. Well, you know, Wes Craven was a was a genius. And so, as, as it turns out, was Sam Raimi. 
So when Rod at Rod's funeral, Nancy tells her dad, we haven't mentioned her dad, right? The legendary John Saxon, who we have talked about on a previous episode, Kieran. Yeah, Enter the Dragon. Enter the Dragon. Um, she tells you, she, she describes Freddy Krueger to her dad. She describes him, and you can see the look in his eye, you know, what's going on here? You know, it's something. Mm. Um, Nancy's mom just thinks, no, she's been hysterical and takes her to a sleep clinic. Now, the, I'm going to get the guy's name wrong. Something, the, the, the sleep doctor. Do you know Doctor his name? Sleep. Not Dr. Sleep, something Fleischer. I, I can't recall him now. No, but he was the voice of Robert Roger Rabbit. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I'd seen that in prep, yeah. Yeah. But they, they hook her up to all these, you know, stimuli to try and track, 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 track her sleep patterns. And he goes, now she's falling asleep. Now we can see the spikes. Now she's hit REM sleep. Then all of a sudden, it all goes apeshit. And they run in and they, they wake her up and she comes out with a fedora. So she has taken something from the nightmare. She's brought um, Freddy's fedora into the into the room, so she could bring him out of out of dream if she And also, that's on. the point where we see the grey streak coming in her hair. Yeah, there is still a full head of grey hair. Did you see those? And um, they didn't use her. She actually had a full head of grey hair. Yeah, but the only one, I think that the little streak is back. The little one streak. So is back. That that night back in the house, um, Nancy's mother, who's we should mention, is a raving alcoholic. I think it's one of the worst performances in the movie. I, I really do as well. Yeah, and I, I, I rewatched. And she's a good actress. Like she was in what's that? She was in that uh, Nashville, the, the movie Nashville. Like she, she nominated for an award, but oh, she's. Was, I don't know whether she's playing over Hammond as an alcoholic or, but she's just so. Um, but she takes Nancy down to the boiler room in the house in in their own house and opens up the burner and takes out the glove, and that's where she tells her the story that Fred Krueger is dead. She said, "You can't be the one." He can't be the one uh, chasing you because he's dead. You know, John, bring it back to John Saxon. He turned up on set with two wigs and said, which one do you think suits him best? The, the low-lying fringe or the boyback <laughs> fringe? So he was ever the professional. But he's also been in a film called Black Christmas, where again, he played the sheriff as well, who's investigating a serial killer. So he had a yeah, bit of a... To, to be honest, right, and, and I like John Saxon, and I, uh, you know, but Christ almighty, whoever was making his wigs... <laughs> just needed to retire because they were terrible. There was never a case where you would look at John Saxon and go, oh, that looks natural. <laughs> you know, it was always like a crow's nest. It doesn't matter what it, what it looked like. It stayed know? on well and entered the dragon. It did stay on well, yeah. How can you listen to television and hear your records at the same time? Oh, I wasn't listening to the tube, Ma, just, just watching. Miss Nude America is going to be on tonight. Well, how can you hear what she's going to say? Who cares what she says? We see Nancy and Glenn, Johnny Depp having a talk and she's saying, no, I'm going to survive this. You know, I'm going to, I want you to come over to my house. But when she gets home, she realizes that her mom has put like bars, like iron bars all over the house as protection. Like if she says that Freddie can't be like, why did, why did she put bars in the window? Like, what's our, what's our reasoning? Well, she's not colleague, so maybe she just did it. On a she liked the gargle, didn't she? She liked the, she liked the gargle. Did you see the scene where she's drinking, where Nancy grabs the bottle and throws on the ground? Look closely at that again. She looks at the ground before she throws the bottle. It's, yes. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's the same. Oh, jeez, I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, Nancy tells Glenn not to fall asleep. Don't fall asleep. Don't fall asleep. 
She knows that he is. She knows that he's, but the phone rings. She pulls the phone out of the wall. And this is the, the kind of a hammy effect that we were talking about. The phone rings when it's ripped out of the wall. And when she puts it to her, her, uh, her face, the, th- the tongue comes out. Another iconic scene. An iconic scene because I know we look at it now and we go, fuck me. Jeez, that's atrocious looking. But at the time, it was so out there. It was, it was, it was brilliant. Um, so obviously she'd fallen asleep herself. Yeah. The two of them had, you know. This is the scene where Johnny gets dragged into the bed. Well, she's ringing the house and, and Johnny Depp's parents say, look, no, we want, I want to get, I want to get my son away from her, you know? Um, well, of course, will you not? So our best friend got killed. She had to school the next day. She obviously knew that. <laughs> um, and they ignore it, but that's what she, she loses her head. But the glove comes out. I mean, Johnny Depp, talk about wearing like a, a cut off, like a belly top. <laughs> even, even then watching it, and, and in the 80s, this was the 80s, 1984, 85, I probably seen it. But I told him I got around to seeing it on, on video. Nobody wears them. I've never but, seen a I've never seen a fellow walking around Neilstown with a belly top on him. But the, the guy who was supposed to play the part was supposed to be like one of these American football buff, big muscly fella, and that was initially who yeah. was going to get the role. But then obviously they went for uh, aesthetics rather than the body beautiful. The so a glove comes up anyway up out of his bed. He dozes off. Glove comes up, pulls him into the bed, and uh, again another very famous scene with five hundred gallons of blood. They built the set upside down. And they just poured the blood out, ruined a load of cameras. Where did they get the idea for the blood? I'm going to say Carrie, but maybe I'm wrong. You're not half wrong. I think it was The Shining. Oh, The Shining, the lift scene, of course. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But the, when they turned, the light was still rigged up to electricity and the blood went into the light and the guy who was pumping in the blood nearly got lifted over with a shock. Really? Yeah. He's got a couple of small electric shocks, nothing big. Yeah, she, she obviously she couldn't get out of the house, Nancy, because she knows that the uh, um it's locked up. It's fucking our own, our own one's collapsed on the on the on the couch full of the vodka, and uh, she's she decides that she earlier. In, so we should have mentioned that when she said when she told Glenn that she was going to survive. Of course, she just finds this book on how to make booby traps. <laughs> the SAS survival handbook. You have them lying around. I know if two of them lying around the house, <laughs> and she puts uh, like gunpowder into like um, a delight bulb and she's got a, a, a sledgehammer set up as you do you know these mm-hmm. these 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 things happen uh, she says to her dad come over in 20 minutes I need you to wake me up in 20 minutes and our plan is to go into her dream and drag Freddy Krueger out and that's what she does she goes in she sets the booby traps you know she goes looking for Krueger um, she you know he's chasing her She's running. But the plan is, you know, he's she's going to grab him. She turns around. She she dives on him, does like a wrestling move or something, and she wakes up in her bed. Oh, jeez, I must have been asleep. No, Freddy's in the room. Uh, he jumps up from behind the bed. She gets out of the room. Freddy chases her. And it's like a mini version of Home Alone. <laughs> That's exactly di- what I was going to say. Yeah. Home Alone ripped off. Like <laughs> yeah, it it's waiting yeah. on Harry and Marv to run up the stairs after. Yeah. Uh, the sledgehammer coming in, whacking him in the stomach. Uh, you know, but there was one brilliant, a brilliant bit that I'd never ever copped before. Um, Nancy runs downstairs to the boiler room, she's got all this shit set up, and Fred Freddy Krueger is kind of in the corner of the room and he's about to chase her, and she sprays like lighter fluid on him or something. And as she's lighting that match, if you listen, you can hear 
Freddy Krueger going no and panicking. And obviously when he died, he died by fire. And I just thought it was a very good, very pivotal, um, pivotal moment. Uh, you know, the, the dad then breaks in with the police and they're running to see uh, flames upstairs. The, you know, the when the dad, the dad's kind of believing it now because he obviously knows there's something weird going on here. There's something supernatural or, or preternatural going on. He leaves the room and Freddie comes out of the bed and she's standing there saying, you've no, you've no power over me. And it's, it's well, I, I never really liked the end of the movie. This is almost the, literally the end of the movie. You have no power over me. I take back all the power, all the fear you've ta- taken from me. I take it back. I want my friends back. She turns around and goes to walk and Freddie goes to, to strike her in the back. And he just disappears. Yeah, it's like if you turn your back on your fears, that's all. And all yeah, yeah, but when yeah. she opens the door, well, of course, her boyfriend just got killed. Now. But when she opens the door, she's walking out of the house, the main house. And her mother's there. Oh, what a great day. I feel great. Do you know what? I think I'm going to stop drinking. Yeah, as if, right? Then the car pulls up. And it's Johnny Depp. It's Rod. It's Tina. They're not dead at all. She's after getting her friends back. She walks down. It's a really famous visage now of the, the Nightmare on Elm Street house. You can actually go see it. And she gets into the car. And like, hey, how's it going? How's it going? And just as they're about to pull off, the hood of the car whacks down. And the top of the car is green and red stripes. Yeah. She's been dreaming this all along. She looks over at her house. Her mom's waving at her. And the worst special effect <laughs> in the history of cinema happens right now is where Freddy's glove comes out and pulls this <laughs> blow-up doll back in through the window of the front door, which is only about four inches by four inches. And the legs bounce side to side. The legs bouncing from side to side. And that's the end of the film. And then we see the kids again. One, two, Freddy's coming for you. Yeah. Three, four, better lock your door. Five, six, grab a crucifix. Seven, eight. Oh, I'll stay up, up late. So, yeah. Nine, ten. Never sleep again. Yeah. Few endings, Derek. The, the, like one of the endings was that Freddie was driving the car away. Another one, the original ending was that he just drove away and that wasn't Freddie wasn't involved. But obviously they got the smell of a, a franchise. Yeah, I mean, look, uh the film I, I'm gonna say it actually didn't make that much in its it made a lot in comparison to what um like I think it was made for boom, boom, boom. a million, a million and a half. I think roughly I think less. But and do you know what? It, but it was the start of the video boom. So you know, every house start get video players and then video cassettes, and that's where slasher films and that's yeah, where Nightmare yeah. Street found its thing. Sure, Amanda says in the interview that kids turned up to her house in Freddy costumes. Goes, I, I'm in that movie. I'm in that movie. The kids didn't believe her. That was crazy. Yeah, little under two million made twenty five and a half off a two million budget in the US. And I think roughly around 65 worldwide. But here's one for you. So other than the, what do you call it? The, the 2010, so including the 2010 remake, which was made for 35 million, right? There's been one, maybe how many? Five official Nightmare Streets. Okay. Then there was the final Nightmare, the new Nightmare, Freddy versus Jason. Freddy versus, Freddy versus Jason. And the Nightmare Now Street remake. And the TV series. Yeah, but I mean, just the films alone. How much money in the US, I don't know globally, but how much money in the US have they made? Oh, you're talking billions. 
almost half a billion dollars. Jeez. And each, you know, I, I don't think any of them had a a budget more than 40 million. Yeah. You know, I mean, some as low as three, two. The power of a good character. Well, the power of not only yeah, good character, but I mean, you need an actor for, for you mentioned the campiness and the banter that came in part two. And it, he hammed, it was a very hammy performance part two. Well, three went back to where it was. Two was yeah. not great. Three was good because you had the cast back in there again. You know, three was good. I, I, I think I gave up after three. I don't think I've seen any more. I'm not going to lie to you. I've never seen the remake. I, I, I watched it. It's terrible. Did you? I think yeah. I can't remember if I watched the remake. But I the only, sorry, it. the only good thing about it, it gives a good Freddy backstory before he gets. You know, you actually see him getting born. Now I know in one of the later Freddy with, with, with Robert England, England, one of them ones, it gives a backstory as well. I think it's Freddy's the, dead. The son of a thousand bastards, or the son of a thousand maniacs. Yeah, 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 something like that. But uh, yeah. Other than that, it wouldn't make a good movie with a backstory with him growing up and what drives him to do what he's done and then finish him getting born to woods. I think it'd be interesting. Yeah. So there you go. Nightmare on Elm Street, 1984, directed and written and directed by Wes Craven, uh, starring Heather Langenkamp, Johnny Depp, Tzu Garcia and Amanda Weiss, as well as John Saxon. And uh, yeah, so go watch the movie. And don't have any nightmares. Who are you?